Welcome to the Rap Knuckles podcast, episode 12. In this week's episode, we will be looking at all things UFC 260 related, as well as catching up over the past few weeks' fights, news announcements, and Sammy's lovely little voice note. Let's get it started. And we are live, episode 12 of the Rap Knuckles podcast. We are back after a short little break. Um, there's lots to get into. How's it going, Sammy? All good, brother. All good. Missed you. Yeah, likewise, mate. Likewise. Um, I was going to give you some real sort of professional analysis of Kevin Holland um, and his fight against Derek Brunson. But what I'd actually prefer to do is a message that I got from you on half eight on Sunday morning. And listen to this, everybody. Kevin Holland is clearly a bitch. We we watched him fucking get normalised and didn't want us either. But Kevin Holland got normalised. And I hope you're okay. Normalise the vaccine. So, I mean, look, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of all ages, I don't think we need to say anything else uh, about this. Ultimately, Sammy said it best, yeah? Um, Kevin Holland got normalised, yeah? And normalised the vaccine. So, yeah, I mean, else you can say there, mate? I mean, I don't remember doing that to be honest with you. And it's just, it's further proof that I should not be allowed to go on my phone when I've had a lot to drink. Um, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, look, the hype train is over. Uh, the, the Wrapped Knuckles podcast winner, fighter of the year, uh, Kevin Holland, uh, is being normalized, folks. Um, so, not much else we can say about that one. Um, <laughs> I will say that Derek Brunson deserves respect put on his name, and he is a—he's more than a, 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 a glorified gatekeeper now. Um, that man does deserve a top five opponent, and I do hope he gets Pillow Costa. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you can't really argue with. I mean, he stopped the Shabazian hype train, didn't he? And then um, obviously he did, just did that to Kevin Holland, who was on you know the best run of his career. Um, yeah. I think I'd I'd like to see him get a big fight. I mean, that's put him top five now, hasn't it? Um, yeah. And yeah, I think I mean, is it Whitaker's out of the Costa fight or no? Um, Costa's out of the Whitaker fight, and Whitaker's now going to be fighting Gastelum. Oh, I saw that actually. Yeah, we'll fight for them. Um, you know, I think Paulo Costa makes sense for Derek Brunson. Or I don't know what's happening with Jared Cannon here. He's still on the shelf because of the arm injury that he took against Whitaker. Okay, well that makes sense then. I think Brunson and Costa's yeah. the fight to make. He definitely deserves it, hundred percent. Fair play to Derek. I love Big D. Yeah. Fair play to him. Yeah. Hashtag normalised. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Um, some other noteworthy results. Max Griffin had a brilliant KO and, and a lovely little celebration at the end. Yannick uh, had a, an awesome KO. Yannick for me is the guy to watch in that division now. And Ty Tuivasa coming up trumps as well with a, a, a round one uh, KO as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It, um, 
I mean, I always watch, love watching um, Tai Tu versus fight, to be honest with you, yeah, whether it's even just for the after-fight celebrations. I love seeing him do a shoey, so fair play to the man. Um, and I thought it was a fairly decent card, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I, I quite enjoyed watching it, as you can probably tell by that voice note at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we got stoppages. We got some good technical fights as well. So I, I enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, and like in terms of sort of Kevin Holland and the hype chain, it's obviously been slightly derailed. I think he's even highlighted now that he really needs to go back to the drawing board when it comes to wrestling and grappling. And there's talk of him even starting to to train more intensively with AKA now. So if he can even get hold of Habib um, <laughs> and Cole, that would be great. And I think it'd be beneficial for his career. Yeah, I mean, I think the most enjoyable thing about Kevin Holland is his antics, isn't it? And I really enjoyed watching him ask Khabib for advice in, in the corner, whilst it was clearly <laughs> detrimental to the fight because he should have been listening to his own corner. Um, yeah. It was a good way to get some publicity, and he knows how to do that, doesn't he? But it'll only be great if he starts training with DC and people like that at AKI, definitely. Uh, but Dana, can we maybe wind your neck in slightly and say, and just like, let's not overblow the fact he didn't have a mental breakdown in the cage. The hype didn't get to him. That's him. Yeah, that, yeah. that's what he does. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see where, where he goes now. Um, I I still think that he'll he'll be a top contender. But he was talking about dropping down to one seventy. I don't know how that man's frame could get down to 170. Um, so we'll wait and see. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I do think, I know this is probably easy for me to say now, but you know when Kevin Holland fought Darren Stewart last year on this? Yeah. yeah. He didn't win that fight. Darren Stewart won that fight. And he got a lucky decision off it. So there was always question marks around, you know, and we all got caught up in it and stuff like that. I think I probably got overruled on the fight of the year thing. But... Um, <laughs> I, I think that there's them question marks have been there for a while if you actually watch Kevin Holland, particularly with his takedown defence and things like that. So I think if he'd spend some time away now actually works on that, he could be a contender, but not at this rate. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, I think, look, hindsight's a wonderful thing, etc. But I mean, I would have liked him to see to get the winner of um, Till versus um, Vittori. Um, but I, I think we need to maybe slow our roll now. And, and I did get a little bit caught, caught with the, the hype train as well, as I tend to do with other fighters. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, he, he needs to go to that to the drawing board. But He's still entertaining. His mouth runs away with him. And to still be talking um, when you're four rounds down um, and still talking when you're getting you're basically pancaked, it's uh, it's entertaining. It is entertaining. Um, we obviously didn't record last week, but we were going to talk about you know the, the disappointment and just the sheer dumb luck that Leon Edwards has in his life. Um, you know, the, the eye poke... I'm actually really, really glad to see that that wasn't as bad as um, as it looked because I actually thought that um, Bilal had maybe lost his, the sight of his eye. Um, it looked super, super gruesome, but thankfully he's going to be on the mend. Um, and you know, hopefully, you know, Leon says he wants the title shot. He doesn't deserve the title shot. He needs to go through Colby, in, in my opinion, and we'll come on to it later. But the fact is that you know that 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 whole title picture is now a little bit tied up with the fact that Jorge is going to get the the crack at Usman again. But what was your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, I did feel sorry for Bilal because for two reasons. One, because Leon Edwards literally went balls deep into his eye. But also, I think that that was the biggest fight of Muhammad's career so far. It was his opportunity. Yeah. If you just think of Leon Edwards, removing from the equation for a moment. Muhammad, that was an opportunity for him if he could have pulled something out the bag. Um, I know Leon pretty much, you know, he was convincingly winning the first round and then obviously the second round, the eye poke happened. But... Um, I felt sorry for Bilal and I'm glad he's okay. But then for Leon, I, I, shut your fucking mouth, mate. Like, honestly, the, the talking about I, I deserve a title shot, I fought everyone and all that. No, you haven't. Shut up. You fought Usman, you lost, right? You, you need, I get it. You're on a good win streak and things like that and no one wants to fight yet. I do feel sorry for him in that sense. But I don't know who he thinks he is. I, he, needs, he needs what he should be all over social media, all over any interview he ever does. Just call now Colby Covington. That's what he should be doing, 100%. And I do feel sorry for him because Colby doesn't sound like he'd want to fight him. There needs to be a lot more money in it for Colby. But I think, don't start, you're nowhere near the title, mate. Do you know what I mean? Just fight Colby Covington, focus on that this year. And then if it gets to a point where Colby, it's obvious that he's bitching out against them, then he can fight someone else to get a title shot. But just slow slow your roll, Leon, mate. I think... Um... He was on Joe Rogan last week, um, and it, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, after the day after the the, the main event, and I, I do think that he's somehow. I think he's got some sort of PR team or or bra- personal brand business working with him, a consultancy, because he's now gotten uh, obviously in the 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 second biggest podcast that talks about MMA mm, uh, after yeah, that. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but um, he, he had Hoxo Media behind him as well. <laughs> Hawks on media, if you're listening, by the way, I truly respect all your work, right? Okay, I'm sorry, just gonna put that out there. That that is that is the views of Sam Tierney, not me. I repeat, not me. Um, but yeah, the um, you know, it, it does seem that he's trying to get his name out there. He's never going to be the most vocal. He's never going to be like Connor on the mic. He has to basically let his results do his talking. But I take your point. He's done. If for my mind, he's not done anything of noteworthy yet to warrant a title shot. And I do think that he needs to go through the likes of Colby, um, etc., in order to get the crack. And, and anyway, who knows what happens if, you know, and I, I pray to the MMA gods here, no disrespect to Usman, but I'd love to see Street Jesus, um, to, you know, basically crucify um, Usman and, and then get, you know, uh, uh, the, the title because, you know, I love Jorge, but that then means that that title could actually be held up for another 12 months because you know Usman's going to get the third crack at it. And so they'll, they'll do the, the rematch, the, the trilogy. But, um, yeah, Leon's just going to have to wait around for another bit, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I think that he can stay active. Don't get me wrong. He did the right thing by fighting Muhammad, and he can fight. You, you know, if he can't get the Colby fight, there's people in that division who he can fight. He can fight Wonderboy, people like that. Um, but... So it's not the end of the world. Look, he's not going to get a title shot anytime soon. Okay, I think even yeah. if Usman wins the UFC, it would still lean, especially if Colby stays on the shelf. If he makes enough noise, he'd still probably lean to giving him another shot at Usman rather than Leon Edwards. Um, yeah. So I think he just needs to stay active at this point. Honestly, fight whoever they put in front of him, and then if he does win or gets a big win, he fight, either fights Colby. They'll pay enough attention to him, and there's enough eyes on him now especially after 
two weeks ago when even in the build up to that the UFC made a fuss about him. He's been on Joe Rogan's podcast. If you're in um, if you yeah. watch MMA, you know who he is. You you're probably rooting for him to actually get the recognition he deserves as well. So I think he's yeah. on the right path finally. He just needs to take that with both hands and run with it. And and what happens if he gets um beat um before he faces the title? Will I get another voice note like this? Leith, Kevin Holland is clearly a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm just gonna help tell that. Uh yeah. So next I thought I'd done one about Leon Edwards and I'll be off. Uh so yeah, look, moving on. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I I, I think unfortunately for him. Uh, he is going to have to take another, um, you know, title contender because he, I don't think he's personally that the UFC want to put him in that that um, position yet. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and see how it goes. Um, last week's boxing results, we you know, I was keen to go through Virgil uh, Ortiz, Canon, Mark, Mark Maurice Hooker rather, and then saying he wants uh, Terence Crawford next. To be honest with you, I don't know how the stacks and the chips will fall on that because ultimately, um, you know, those guys are not tied in in the same TV company. Um, and but I massively respect him for having the stones to call out Terence Crawford because nobody's doing that. Yeah, hundred percent. I I like it. I think it, I, it was a big step up for him against Murray Hooker at the weekend, and I, I was intrigued as to which way it was actually going to go. I remember seeing the betting odds and. I was massively surprised at how much of an underdog Maurice Hooker was. Because um, it wasn't too long ago when we were really singing his praises and a lot of people in the boxing world, world, world were. sorry, um, But he, listen, he doubted him and did everything he had to do. And I, yeah. Look, I don't think it's the, the stupidest thing in the world calling, calling out Terence Crawford because he's not going to fight Spence anytime soon, judging by the noises coming out of both camps. If, yeah, I think if he makes enough noise, a deal could be done there. I, I, I like I like his route there, and whether he clearly believes in himself, whether he thinks it's you know whether we think it's too early or not. I mean, look at Tiafimo Lopez when he fought Loma. I don't think yeah. you know he's a young guy, but he backed himself, and look, he came out with a performance. So I, I like it. I, I like his strategy completely. Yeah, and and just just on the aforementioned Terence Crawford, just uh, over the past couple of days, he's um, come out and said it, it's highly unlikely that he'll ever fight Spence Junior, uh, which super bums me out considering it's the, the was the number one fight in boxing bar Fury Joshua that I wanted to see. So I think that this could very well be this generation's lost fight, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean it, it's not looking positive at the moment, is it? But I think. The only light at the end of the tunnel is that um, hopefully Crawford will get out of his top rank, Trump rank contract. Am I trying to speak on this episode? It's fucking stupid. Don't know. Um, Don't know. I think it was the same message they got on Sunday. I mean, <laughs> 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 no, I think um, yeah. Well, Crawford's top rank contract is up next year, isn't it? And, hey, God, <laughs> and I think. Um, He's 100% getting out of that because Bob Arum doesn't have a yeah. clue to utilise him. He doesn't have a clue to utilise anyone at the moment. Um, so I think once he gets out of that, that might make the fight a little bit more viable, especially if he goes under Al Hayman and he knows how to pay fighters. Yeah. 
Um, well, look, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Virgil Ortiz, and, and you said it best. I mean, anybody that says he's he's not ready, Teofimo Lopez could, you know, argue that he wasn't ready for Lomachenko, and look what happened there. So let's see, to quote Dana, let's see how this thing plays out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, closer to home, uh, Lawrence O'Coley wins the Cruiserweight uh, Championship. Is it WBO? Did he win? WBA, sorry. WBO. WBO. Um, beating Christoph Golwaki. Um, I didn't pronounce that well at all, so I apologise. Um, in round six. Now, look, I'll be honest with you. Lawrence O'Coley isn't, for me, a fighter that I'm clamouring to see. Um, a, a lot of the time, um, he is, um, as I was saying, Lawrence Coley for me isn't the most entertaining of fighters. He's not somebody that I would necessarily clamour to, to watch. Just a couple of fights that I've seen him um, in recent times. However, that was, that was a good shot uh, to stop him in the sixth. Yeah, 100%. I, I was a bit worried about that fight as well because... I think anyone who's watched Lawrence O'Coley, even his past few fights, he's, they've not been entertaining. They've not been for the spectator at all. And I think I was intrigued because all the way through the build-up, he was predicting that he was going to go in and smash him, which I mm. thought was a bold statement anyway because Glowacki is a he's a tough fighter. He's been in there with top people, yeah. you know what I mean? So I, I was yeah. intrigued to see how it went. And listen, the performance. If Lawrence O'Coley can fight like that every fight, then... Listen, he's got my vote, 100%. He could be an absolute star. And I feel like we've been saying this. All the ingredients have been there when it comes to his look, being managed by AJ, things like that. That's all yeah. been there, but it was his fighting that was not being the most appealing aspect. But if he keeps yeah. fighting like that, Jesus Christ, he's going to be a star. Do you think that he'll he'll, he'll defend the belt for a couple of um, uh, defences and then he'll move up to heavyweight? Cause they, kept, they kept just the narrative throughout the night was... He'll eventually go up to heavyweight. He'll eventually go up to heavyweight. Is he is he filling out? Is he ready? Um, I, I'd actually like to see him maybe stake another claim in the cruiserweight division before doing that. Yeah, I think what he's saying he wants Breedis, isn't he, in a big unification? Um, that would be some fight, and whether he's ready or not, I don't know. But he's got stones to even ask for it. Um, yeah. and I think look at he, he, I don't know how old he is, but. I don't think he'd want to be waiting around too long at cruiserweight before he goes up to heavyweight. But at the same time, I can't see him going up there whilst Anthony Joshua is still reigning over it and things like that, particularly if he's his manager. I think he said he'd never fight him. So he's probably got time on his side to unify the division and cruiserweight, give it a couple of years and then listen, get up to heavyweight and let's see what you made of. He's only he's only twenty eight to be fair. So look, think about it. Early thirties moving up there. Um who knows? Mm. Yeah, no, I like yeah. it. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then Artur Beterbiev uh, had a bit of an interesting um, few rounds, early rounds to the mid-rounds against Adam Dienz. Adam Dienz, uh, for my money, was a massive, massive underdog. And up until round six, it was interesting, to say the least. His jab just kept um, Baterbiev on the back foot sometimes. But then he just, you know, he slowly got into the fight. And then by round 10, um, I think it was a body shot um, and then a, a shot to the temple that that, that kept him down. Um, Baterbiev is is saying that if um, if Canelo wants to, to come up after he's um, cleared out the division, he's more than welcome to do so. I 
to be fair, I'm not going to say this because I, I you know, I, I choose my words carefully here. But um, Canelo versus Baterbiev on that showing, Canelo for me has a better chance now than I would have probably given him credit for a few fights ago. Yeah, I, I can see the argument. I mean, listen, you, you know a lot more than me. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see the fight because I'm clearly a casual. But um, I, I saw I saw the <laughs> knockout and. Um, Sammy, you don't have to make any excuses as to why you didn't see it. The, the, the public have already heard why you probably didn't see a fucking live part of Saturday night into the early hours of Sunday morning. So you don't make any excuses for yourself, son. Yeah, this no. is a safe place for you. <laughs> right, yeah. But, I mean, I think, look, he's got that X factor, hasn't he? He's sort of, you know, in that mould of Deontay Wilder, except he can actually fight. Um, but, I mean... Uh, but Tabi have had an incredible amateur career and also he, he punches hard. So I think I will predict on my end, I don't think Canelo goes anywhere near that division while Batabiev is a possible fight. Any like and that's not a knock on Canelo. Look, I love Canelo and he's proven he'll fight anyone at any point, sort of. So like I think he, he, he at the same time he's not stupid. Okay. Like he if he does fight Batabiev, it'll be when he's literally checked into West Derby retirement home or on the verge of anyway, do you know what I mean? He, similar to the Golovkin, where the way he approached that, I think. And um, look, look at Batabiev's a beast. I, I absolutely fucking love the man. The fight I always wanted to see was Batabiev versus Kovalev, but then I think Canelo put paid to that, didn't he? So I don't know, let, let Batabiev just do his... Do, do his piece in light heavyweight because no one's going to touch him for a long time. But look, I, I get that obviously there's there's certain times that Canelo's picked and chosen his opponents, but it does really feel now that actually he's game for anything. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if he if he did want to go into those waters once he if he you know let's say for instance he does beat Billy Joe Saunders and then what there's maybe Caleb Plant after that. What else is there left to do? Let's go up to the big waters. I get it, and that's what I hope he does. Don't get me wrong. But I think if you also look at it, it, it comes across now, obviously, that Canelo will say, look, I'll fight anyone. That's fine. That was not the case a few years ago when the people that were available were absolute beast, world-class, like, legends. Look at it. He, didn't, mm. he really put off that Golovkin fight for a long time. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I don't blame him for doing so because he gave himself a better chance of winning. And even though it was debatable yeah. the first two fights, um, they wouldn't. I don't see how he would have been able to withstand a lot of the punches that Canelo Golovkin hit him with. Sorry, early, if that had been a couple of years earlier, I see him doing the same thing. Like I, he's not phased by jumping in with as much as I love you, Callum or Callum Smith, Billy mm-hmm. Joe Saunders. He's going to absolutely. He's going to batter Billy Joe Saunders, isn't he? Uh, and mm-hmm. Caleb Plant, David Benavidez, maybe. They're not scary legend fighters that we're going to be talking about in 20, 25 years' time in such high esteem. Do you know what I mean? We'll just wait for David Benavides. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I said maybe Benavides. I said maybe Benavides, but it, the, the good fighters, the solid fighters, the world champions, but them divisions are nowhere near what they were years ago, even five, ten years ago, or something like that. Um, do you not think he's finally he's finally getting into his? Is sort of prime in his peak years, and he and he's able to like he's got he, he fully entrusts his skill set now. So now he is able to be a little bit more, maybe more bolder. And actually, his excuse me, his legacy means more to him now than probably did a few years ago. 
Potentially, yeah. I think that's the flip side of the argument, isn't it? I think they've both coincided at the same time, which has taken nothing away from Canelo in terms of the fact that the opposition he can face now is a little bit weaker. And I think, but that's why I credit him for going up and trying to find these challenges, like facing Kovalev and things like that. But that has coincided with Canelo becoming the absolute best possible version of himself. Um, So it's a tough one. You can go either way. I'm not knocking Canelo in any way. I just think, he will. He's well managed enough, and he is clever enough as a fighter to know that. Just give it a couple of years if you're ever going to go near Batavev. You don't want anything yeah. to him now. Um, and then look, obviously the same as uh, the Leon Edwards Bella uh, Mohammed fight um, or Bilal, sorry. Um, it, we, you know, there was Juan Estrada beating Chocolatito Gonzalez via, from my money. A controversial decision win. Uh, I don't know how the the judges scored it the way that they did. I had um, Chocolatito up by at least three rounds, um, and and for me, I think they need to they need to run that back for sure. Yeah, well, that I mean that was all over Twitter, wasn't it? In terms of the controversy and how you know how people were scoring it, I could see I could make the case for a draw um, or a Chocolatito win. I don't really see how Estrada could have got given it, but again, it goes back to that sort of age-old question, which we've debated many times. Do you prefer people landing cleaner shots or do you prefer volume? And yeah, it, it's it's one of them. It, I, I I mean, I've got no qualms with seeing it again because um, look, at, they're both amazing fighters and they put on great fights. But it's the, they've got the other guy, haven't they? What is so I'm not even going to try and say his name. The Thai guy who beat Chocolatito. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had the tune-up fight that weekend as well, didn't he? So he's very much in the yeah. picture. Can you hold him up much longer? I think I, I just like to see the three of them go at it for the next couple of years, to be honest, and then see who comes out with the most wins. And yeah, just to to touch upon what you said there, I think that Estrada's shots were were more clinical than Chocolatito's. Chocolatito was very much volumes. And actually the statistics in the compu box afterwards shows that Chocolatito had um had more punch output um and had landed more shots, but it did look like every time Estrada hit him, they really equaked him to his bones. Um so look it's not it's not the, the worst decision in the world that I've seen, but I would like them to run it back because I mean that that uh, round eleven, I think it was, is is arguably um, round of the year so far that I've watched. Yeah, it, honestly, it's incredible, and I think I could watch these guys getting, as I mentioned, then I could watch them fight yeah. every weekend. Honestly, they're, they're incredible, yeah. and yeah. won't seem even Chocolatito. He's not slowing down, is he? And uh, no. like, do you know what I mean? We've been talking about him for so many years now. Like uh, long live. I hope I hope it all just keeps going round. Um, and then one one final um, result from a couple of weekends ago. David Benavides, you know the the man, the myth, the legend, uh, stops uh, Ronald Ronald Ellis uh, by TKO round eleven. If I'm honest with you, um, Benavides took a lot of time to get into the fight. Um, he was never in any trouble, but it, it really came across as, uh, from my money, a little bit lackluster. And again, it's with one of these fighters where I think he was made to look good anyway, but he did actually struggle with, with Ellis um, to, to start with, um, but then stops him uh, in, in round 11, TKO, um, and now he's calling out you know the likes of Plant, and, and he's gunning for Canelo as well. I don't, I still think, as though I've said time and time again, I want to see Benavidez fight Canelo. 
I think Canelo is probably looking at Billy Joe Saunders for sure. Obviously, it's been signed, sealed and delivered. Then he's going to try and get Caleb Plant. He's going to win all the belts. And then he's going to say, see you later, I'm off ski. I'm going to do something else. And and, and I think Benavidez's time, unfortunately, won't be that you'll get the shot at Canelo. Yeah, I think well, it was nice to see Benavidez back. I mean, he lost mm. the belt on the scales, didn't he? It's not, yeah. especially for someone as good and as highly rated as him. That's not something that you want to see. So, I yeah. think, look, at it. He might have had a bit of ring rust early on, but he came through it. He got the stoppage. And if he makes enough noise and beats enough, enough of the right people, Canelo might, I mean, just going off what we were saying there, he might not ignore him. He might not want that blotch against him where it's like, well, yeah, he left the division before Benavidez. So I think he's yeah. very much in the Canelo um, stakes and he needs to stay active now again. Yeah, like Leon Edwards, stay active, keep winning. And your time will come because he's got so much potential. It's unbelievable. Can I no. quickly, actually, two things? Because uh-huh. uh-huh. we're not giving Scouse fighting enough credit on this podcast. Anthony Fowler, <laughs> great step up win at yeah. the weekend. Great. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Actually, really good. That, not, good. not just, not just plugging um, his CBD oil, which. By the way, is very good. And if Supreme CBD is listening, we would love to have you as a podcast sponsor, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, shout out to Anthony because fair play and he should get a European title fight, I think. And um, Paddy Pimlet, the biggest name in martial arts. And out- wait, 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 that's, that's, that's coming. Oh, chill. Really? Yes, chill, Winston. Yeah, Fucking yeah. hell. Paddy the Paddy's going to get his time to shine. Right? I'm all over that. I'll get it. All right. Oh, all right. But yeah, look, Anthony Fowler, right? Genuinely, that was an awesome win for him. I would love to see him in against Scott Fitzgerald again. I think there's the needle there. That fight needs to happen. Um, for me, Anthony Fowler doesn't genuinely doesn't get the respect he deserves. I think he's an awesome fighter. I think he's always um, entertainment value. Um, and and yeah, uh, fair play to him. Um, he's 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 awesome. And, and I, I hope that they do manage to get that domestic tussle again. Yeah, I think I think that's more on Scott Fitzgerald's side, really, isn't it? I think his life's not exactly in the right place at the moment, but um, I I think Fowler's ready for that uh, at any point. But I think at, while he's waiting on Scott, I think Sergio is it Sergio Garcia, the European champion. Yeah. Can I get yeah, yeah, yeah. him because well, watch him annihilate him? Yeah. <laughs> um. Right. So now we're previewing UFC two sixty. I cannot tell you how much I am looking forward to this main event. A rematch from three years ago, where... Is it three years ago? Was it three years ago? It was four years yeah, ago. Three, three years ago. Uh, Stipe Miocic, the baddest man on the planet, the most successful heavyweight in UFC history, against a surgeon, Francis Ngannou. There's a lot of variables in this fight. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go. I am going to wait until the very 11th hour. I'm probably even going to do uh, a Sam Tierney job here and wait till like 10 o'clock until I put my prediction <laughs> on Saturday night because I have no idea what is going to happen here. Um, I can't wait for it. it. It's genuinely, there is nothing quite like a heavyweight bout, especially when it comes to MMA. Um, what are you saying? Where are you leaning towards at this stage? You don't have to give a prediction, but what are you saying? It's so tough because I I can't see it being too different to the first fight, personally. But 
part of me does want Francis to win because I want Francis to fight John Jones. But yeah. I, 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 so I think it, it's tough, but it's it's difficult because realistically, people obviously Francis had lost to Stipe and then had that embarrassing loss to Derek Lewis, where that was just yeah. the worst fight ever. And then since then, there's been a lot of talk about him being, you know, he's different. He's got the bit between his teeth and this, that, and the other. But he's just come in and did exactly what he was doing before he fought Stipe anyway, and that's just knocking everyone out within a round. So I think we don't know if Francis has improved. Do you know what I mean? We don't know if his takedown defence is any better. We don't know if, um, you know what I mean, he's going to be able to negate the little traps that Stipe is going to set him and things like that. We don't know any of this, and that makes the bout so intriguing. But at the same time, you know, I, I just it also if you used your head and not sort of watched if you didn't watch all day like the UFC show Francis and Garnu knocking out Alistair Overeem and Rosenstrike and people like that, you would say that the Stipe's got, you know, he's he's been around the block, he knows how to handle fights like this, and he's already beaten once in dominant fashion. If Stipe gets it to the ground, it's all over again. So since. July 7th, 2018, in that terrible, terrible um, fight with, with Derek Lewis that is forever etched in my brain, Francis Ngannou, since then, has only been in the cage in action time two minutes, 30 seconds, in four fights. <laughs> now, he's knocked out everybody, obviously, in that time, but for me, that's a worry. Right, yeah, because he hasn't gone the distance, and like you've just said, there are we going to see if Miocic can negate the the heavy shots early on? And we're talking. I think Francis has got a two minute window here to change his life um, and make something happen. If it goes beyond that, I can one hundred percent see Miocic out out grappling him, out muscling him getting him tired, and I actually think he will stop him on the ground uh, if should it get to that. But the variables from my side on Francis Ngannou's point of view is Stipe's looking a lot lighter. He's looking like um, as light as he is, probably might be as light as he came in against DC the second time around. If he is going to try and physically match Ngannou on that level... I don't think he gets off with it. And I'm still worried about, you know, let's be honest, the DC fights have been wars as well. And despite him winning, you know, the unanimous decision last time around, that, you know, they were still, you know, essentially knocking lumps out of each other. And for his age, etc., I don't know if that bodes well. And I think, you know, without sounding cliche, but Francis only needs one shot and I think it lights out. Yeah, I mean that that's definitely an argument in terms of the fact that listen, I think Stipe took Francis's almost best shots in the first fight, particularly early on. He took some heavy digs. Hundred percent. But whether obviously getting knocked out by DC, what it was sort of one elbow, so one shot type of thing, um, that could play on his mind. And I think since then you're never going to fully recover after something like that. So if Francis hits him with anywhere near something like that. It could be lights out, and as you said, Steve has got miles on the clock. He's 
He's an he's been you know he's an older dude. I think he's like thirty eight or yeah. something, isn't he? I, I don't know. And I think he realistically, in the back of his mind, he's thinking, "I've probably he's probably only got two fights left." You know, when be Francis and then beat John Jones and then ride off into the sunset. That's probably his plan. So that could definitely be detrimental to him on the night. But I think you using me head at the moment. I think. Unless Francis does something special, like you said in the first round, it's Stipe is going to just do, you know do do what he does best and grind out a victory, hundred percent. We we don't know how developed and evolved Francis's game is since the last time they fought, because to be quite honest, the Derek Lewis thing didn't tell us anything, and his last four fights have ended within two minutes, so. Who knows? And actually, I mean, again, I would never call Francis a windmill like a windmill puncher like Wilder. But I don't know if you've ever seen the breakdown in slow motion of the Jarzinho Rosenstruck KO. He literally doesn't connect with six of those shots <laughs> and they literally fly by him. And it's just the fact that he hits him on the side of the head that completely discombobulates Rosenstruck and then he falls to the cage and then he hits him again. So I don't know. that. That's why I think that this is so exciting and who knows what it'll bring. But the winner is going to fight now, John Jones. And... But I'm ha- I'm happy with any of those uh, fights, to be honest with you. Stipe versus John would be amazing because it's the best heavyweight in the world versus the best lightweight of all time. It's and then Francis Ngannou versus John Jones with John having to try and unlock the or, or solve the fucking Francis Ngannou puzzle. Oh my fucking god! Fucking sign me up, sign me up. So it's a win-win. It's a win-win. Um. But I, I don't know what to expect. Um, and I'm going to just, I, I want to see how they look. I want to see how, how it looks come fight night. Well, not come fight night, but when they actually eventually do, um, you know, face off against each other after that win, what is it going to be like? Um, obviously, uh, Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega, which was supposed to be um, in the uh, co main event, isn't happening now um, because of. COVID protocol uh, that has been broken. I don't know what's going to happen there because um, I think that uh, Volkanovski is going to have to go back to Australia, which I don't know if Australia and New Zealand are doing the same sort of quarantine rules, but that would leave him on the shelf for maybe six weeks and then getting back into a training camp, etc. I don't know when we'll see that fight again. And it's, it's disappointing because I wanted Max to get the rematch out of that. Yeah, I think that's going to get pushed back. I mean, that could potentially even be, you know, um, whenever Poirier McGregor, I think that's earmarked for July. That July tenth. Yeah, could be on that card. Maybe I don't. I don't know because I know that, as you said, Volkanovski is going to be in quarantine for a long time now, isn't he? But um, that's a shame. I'm, I'm gutted about that because I was really looking forward to that fight. I think it was a very much a pick and fight as well. Um, yeah, and then Max was obviously waiting in the wings, so th- it's a shame. But I- I'm sure we'll get it. And I feel I do feel sorry for Volk as well because look, he- he's he's the champ. Do you know what I mean? And I think he's constantly got this chip on his shoulder after the Max fight as well, the second one. So I think I I I, I can't wait to see him back in the octagon to see what he can actually you know show us all again what we can do. Remind us. Yeah, and 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 so the co-main event now is Tyron Woodley versus Vicente Luque. 
I don't know what's left for Tyron Woodley because I think if he gets beat, I think he could be the next high-profile cut um, in the UFC. Uh, he's not in the good graces for some odd reason with Dana and Cole. He's been, quite honestly, just a shadow of himself. And he hasn't really technically looked good since he beat, um, I better say this quietly, Darren Till. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, Look, Dana would take great pleasure in cutting Woodley, wouldn't he? He can't stand them. But I think, yeah, I'd, I'm surprised he fights again, to be honest with you. Honestly, especially after the Colby fight, I was just thinking, what's the point? I mean, yeah. I even so, even if he beats Luke on Saturday, which I don't think he does, um, who's he going to fight after that? Yeah, you know I mean, we we no. know the top guys in the division kill him, so th- there's not not really much, much place he can go. I like Tyron Woodley; he wasn't the greatest champ in the world, but you know he he, he had some good wins. He put himself out there. He had some absolute stinkers as well. But um, I'd I'd just maybe after this one, I call it a day. Honestly, I, I don't see what's there for him anymore. Or just go to Bellator, and he'll probably be world champion there. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, TKO uh, against uh, Colby, but it was a rib injury. You know, very, very, very worrying decision loss against Gilbert Burns, who basically outstruck him. And then Kamaru, you know, completely dealt with him from a wrestling perspective as well. So, yeah, I mean, we're talking about we haven't actually seen um, a good performance for him in nearly three years, which is just mad. Um, so it's a shame, but I, I, I can't actually see them cutting him um, should should this not go right for him. Um, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of good bites on this, not exactly what I would class it. I think they're, they're really stacking the deck. Um, they're not stacking the deck, rather, because they think they think that the main event sort of sells itself. Um, but Sean O'Malley is returning against Thomas Almeida. Now, I'll stop so far as to say that this is as close as a squash match as possible. <laughs> but Thomas Almeida, Thomas Almeida is made for Sean O'Malley, and he is made to to look very good. He's very hittable. Um, he's not quite as uh, as as quick as he once was, and he does have that sort of, you know, aggression in him that I think a counter puncher like Sean O'Malley is going to hugely exploit. Um, but it'll be interesting to see now that you know Sean O'Malley's O is gone. Um, what what sort of frame of mind he's like? But for me, he's still superstar quality. We've talked about him before, um, and you know the, the the last fight was supposed to be his coming out party. That didn't happen because of the the leg injury. But Thomas Almeida for me is made to look good against. Yeah, I agree. I think. I mean, I'm oh, I'm always tuning into the Sugar Show. I'm a huge fan of him, but I think. I think he got a lot of stick, didn't he, after the Cheeto Vera fight? Um, yeah. Which he goes, it was a tough one, do you know what I mean? It was unavoidable, sort of what happened. I don't know. He, he seemed to be doing well in the fight. And I mean, Cheeto got fucking a, good, a nice few bob off the fights after it, didn't he? But I think, yeah, um, yeah Sean O'Malley, I'm happy to see him back. He's definitely a superstar. Did, did, he'll, if he gets a nice little knockout, which he should do here. I'd you know get give keep building them up, get you back to exactly where you were pre the Vera fight. I think so. Yeah, yeah, you should still invest in him, still put time in him because he's one of a kind character, isn't he? And I'm looking forward to seeing him back. 
Yeah. And then, look, we've got the, the rematch uh, in boxing, Billy and White facing um, Alexander Povetkin in Gibraltar of all random places. Um, and they've even created coins uh, in commemoration for it because obviously that's that's what this type of boxing match needs coins. Wow. Uh, yes, yes. Just, just go and Google that. Yeah, the, the coin, the special celebratory coin of <laughs> Dylan versus Pavek in the rematch. What's at stake here? I mean, this you know, boxing compared to MMA terms, a loss is is almost career defining and career threatening. I will share with you my worry about this, that we're not talking about just a, a flash knockdown first time around that, that was a lucky punch. Povetkin was trying to get that uppercut off and you'll call it maybe a moment of uh, you know not concentration from Dillian White, but I'm really concerned about what this could mean for the the end of Dillian White's career, um, because you know I don't think he'll, you know, he's not going to retire, obviously, but to be a top contender um, after a potentially this next loss, I can't see it. Yeah, I mean, it is tough because as you, you make made a good point there. Listen, White was in control of that fight, but you could see what Pavekin was trying to do. And mm-hmm. I think White negated it so well early on and obviously had his own success that I do think there was an element of him just thinking, fuck, I'm just going to breeze this, do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah. obviously really badly paid for that. But I, I, it, it will be interesting. I hope it's a slugfest. I hope, you know, I, I, White will have surely learned from that. But so will Pavekin. He's got things he could have looked back and worked on and Pavekin was doing it with a substantially more clear ahead. So I think um, it should be an interesting one. I'm really excited. I think that basically the winner of this has to, has to, has to fight Deontay Wilder. I think that's... No, no question about it. Absolutely. Fight. And 100%. So the, there's a lot of marbles on the table there. Um, and yeah, I, I, don't know, I don't know how it's going to go, you know. I, I just, I, I think someone's getting knocked out, but I, I don't know who, honestly. Dare I say we might see a more disciplined, fully concentrated Dillian White who puts on maybe a cautious performance and it's maybe, I actually think it could maybe be a unanimous decision. I hope not. Uh, (laughs) I want to see someone get knocked out. I hope not. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me and that would be the smart thing to do. But bear in mind, Dillian, you're on, Eddie's put you on pay-per-view there. You know what I mean? I think you need as many knockouts as you can to try and secure the bag against Wilder. So I just bear, bear that in mind and you just try and knock down Povetkin before he gets you. Yeah. Um, and then, look, news that's happened around the last two weeks. Uh, your all signs are pointing to now officially Fury versus Joshua. It's on, but nobody knows when and where. <laughs> <laughs> so... Are we any further forward? I, I don't know. Um, and uh, by the way, I love the kidology from uh, Tyson Fury, who was um, basically saying, "I'm on holiday. I've been drinking really heavily, and uh, it's never going to happen." Um, and then Joshua, the opposite, is basically in the gym 
taking Instagram shots uh, and, and looking like, you know, fucking a chiseled fucking god. Um, so it's interesting to see what happens. I can't wait until the announcement comes. All signs are pointing that it's probably going to be July um, and it's definitely not going to be in the UK, as we know. Um, so it'll be some of that Middle East uh, moolah that's going around. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I am still worried about the fight, as you said. I think old fish eyes Warren's um he's trying to make life as difficult as possible, isn't he? But um I think look at uh, do you need to just get somewhere sorted, get it announced. Uh, do, I don't like Eddie constantly telling us how many weird billionaires are trying to bet on the fight. Just shut up. Um yeah. they, it's it's almost getting done. Um I mean, signing about agreements, I suppose, with the money and stuff like that, that's um I've got a step in the right direction. But do not believe for one second that Tyson Fury is getting pissed, not training. He's training harder than he's ever trained for any fight in his entire life right now. I guarantee that. This There's no way he's going to let that slip by. And even though I do genuinely believe he thinks Joshua is a big bum dosser, I, no, there's absolutely no way, particularly after the Otto Wallen fight, that he is taking... Um, anyone at all for granted. He is training his bollocks off. He realised this is his legacy, these two fights against Joshua. So I wouldn't, don't bite into all that at all. It's funny because um, the Steve Bunce uh, would say that, that he's heard that he's He's definitely slipping and blah, 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 blah. It's all fucking bullshit. It's all kidology. Yeah. yeah. So don't believe anything that you read. Yeah. Like what Sammy said, Tyson Fury, this means everything to him. Um, and, you know, the only the only thing is it's a shame that it won't get, you know, talked about before. It's a shame that it won't be in the UK. But hopefully, with the way things are going, the UK will get the rematch. And maybe the, the rematch will be even better. Who knows? Um, early predictions? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I I couldn't go either way at the moment. I don't know. Okay. I, can't. I know what yours yeah. is. So I, I think. Yeah, I'm standing, I'm standing by it. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to. And as we build up to it constantly, I'm still going to stay the same thing. I believe that Joshua is going to win, but who fucking knows? I thought um, Conor McGregor would beat Floyd Mayweather. So <laughs> <a> <laughs> um, and then. The the most fucking obvious thing, apart from to to tell Dana White that he didn't pick up on, is Habib has been retired, is still retired, was never coming back, and uh, it's now official. Uh, so the, he did he did flirt um, a little bit on Twitter with a, a picture um, saying Dana send me location when he was with Lorenzo Fatia, former fan, um, owner of UFC. Um, but I will consign um, defeat here as well. I don't think he's going to come back now. I think he's done. I, I actually like done. this Khabib. I like him. Um, I mean, he was just trolling everyone. As, as you said, he's been retired for like five months. But um, <laughs> I, I like it. I like Coach Khabib. I like him. He's still present. He's still there. His aura is still around the events. He's in the corners. He's clearly, I mean, he, he's the god of the Dagestani wrestlers, isn't he? So... You know, he's gonna and they're basically taking over the sport at the moment. So I think um I I, I actually like it. I'm not mad. I, I don't think he really needs to come back. Um I like the fact that he's basically closed the sort of McGregor chapter on his career as well and just moved on from it. So coach could be but I, I'm I'm a big 
Like I'm a big fan. I like Khabib more now that he's retired. I, I I'm just I'm gutted that we he didn't want to do thirty and all. But look, massive respect for him. Um, and actually, somebody put put on Twitter, he technically is thirty and all now because he completely gave Dana the run around, and that's oh. a unanimous decision. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Also, though, I'm not super mad that he didn't go for thirty. You know, like. 30 is such a shit number anyway. Like, I, it's not like it's 50 and 0 or like 10 and 0, 20. Like, what? Like, it's, it's MMA though, mate. Like, no, 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 sure. no, I'm saying it would be a great achievement, but I'm like, what's the obsession with the number 30? I prefer 29. But, um, and like, uh, even numbers are, okay, I don't know. Oh. Um, and then, look, a, a big, big fight has been announced for April 24th. Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman, the rematch. And this time we will have crowds in Florida where people don't give a fuck about COVID. <laughs> they are like, let's throw caution to the wind. Let's get 15,000 people in a fucking stadium while nobody's still been all vaccinated in America. Who gives a flying fuck? <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, look, UFC, the trailblazers. This time last year, we were looking like we weren't going to get fights for six months. And then they managed to come up with the goods by giving us Gaethje and Tony Ferguson. And now they're going to hopefully be one of the first sport promotions to get in amongst it and go, do you know what? We don't give a fuck. Let's just get that COVID spread around. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. That's one way of looking at it. I actually look. You know what? I'd hate to live there, as I think most people would. But I fucking love Florida. Well, imagine how shit COVID would have been if Florida wasn't didn't have the mentality that it did. I fucking love it. Honestly, it's amazing. Florida gets a bit of rough justice, and it doesn't deserve it. I love Florida as well. I wish I had the chance to go over there and see that fight. Um, but Jacksonville, thank you very much for sorting this out. Um, I don't think it's going to be any different um, than the, the last time. But who knows? Street Jesus, do your thing. And I'd love to I'd love to see Horry win the belt. I mean, it would be amazing. Oh, 100%. I'm definitely backing Jorge to win it. Um I just think that Usman's just going to try and sniff his panties the whole fight, isn't he? But I think, I hope not. I hope Usman goes, you know what, you've been chatting all day. I hope, I hope he gets suckered in, you know what I mean? Um, and I think particularly early on, Masvidal's going to be able to land shots. So, you know, I hope he's got something prepared, like the flying knee to Askren or something like that. Something a bit off kilter where Imagine. he's just... <laughs> he's got something ready. But I, I'm, I'm all for it. He, he was the logical choice, I think. Do you think he was the logical choice, honestly? Yeah. It was him. This is not going to go. I'm not genuinely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Colby did deserved another pop at him, given the fact that he's probably, since Usman um, has been in the UFC, he's the one that's caused the most problems. It's, yeah, it's one or the other. I think uh, Colby definitely deserves the next shot. Um, I think he, you could he, that fight, the Colby-Usman fight, was incredible. And I think it was pretty even it was probably even on my car going into that last round so yeah. I think uh, Colby definitely does but the whole narrative's there with um, Jorge he's hard not to love any look at the rise he's had things like that I think from a marketing standpoint particularly if you're trying to get fans back in the arenas that was the fight to make and then once Everton settles down a little bit do Colby Usman again in the autumn 
Yeah, because I mean, look, the the, the it's a three uh, title fight main event. It's got uh, Shevchenko versus Andrade, and it's also got Rosnami units against um do 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 help me out, Sammy Rosnami units. Yes, of course. Fucking hell, <laughs> Jesus. I'm a casual. I'm a straight up casual. Uh, but you know, it's, I think it, it needed it needed a main event that was going to be, I guess the the you know the, the flag bearer there. And and this is um, Jorge puts bums on seats, and I think Usman is now starting to really pick up almost like a GSP legacy. Um, so I, I'm down for it. I, I I do love the fight, and I think the build up will be amazing as well. Um, now this is probably going to incense. Um, young Sam, um, as I announced this, but it's obviously just been announced as well that Michael Chandler is um, getting a shot at um, Charles Oliveira for the 155 vacant belt. Um, Sammy is is about to tear into this and say that Michael Chandler didn't deserve it, but it's it's actually, <laughs> despite that, it's actually looking like my prediction that Mr. Chandler was going to be champion this year. It's all the more signs are pointing to it. Um, and, and if I look at just his background, yes, where he comes from in terms of Bellator being, you know, the number one promotion by the UFC. This man deserves this. And three, two, one. Here's a rap. He definitely, definitely does, yes. And this is the thing. It's like, I really like Michael Chandler. He's a good dude. He he can fight. He, it feels like it. Yeah, yeah. no, but he, he, he had an incredible debut against the number six ranked person in the lightweight division. Like, incredible. Well done, you made your mark. The fight to make was Charlie Olives versus Justin Gaethje. That was the fight. That, it, there's no arguing with that. Whereas... Well, there is. There is. The division, the division is, has a massive shadow in it the size of Habib, right? Habib has beat every single one of those fighters in the top five, bar Tony Ferguson, but I think Tony's done. This is the cleanest fight that they could make. And from a business standpoint, they can hype this up as the two best in the division that haven't fought Habib. And that's why they've been given the title. I think that this is the best for business. That's my two cents. Yeah, all right, Triple H. But I think... um... Uh, I, 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 I get what you're saying, honestly, I do, with the whole the Khabib shadow and all that bullshit. But I think if you're just going off, look, Justin Gaethje, not a huge fan over here, by the way. I think yeah, I think he, he was pretty poor in the in the Khabib fight. But I think um, he, he, he needed to have a big fight. And whether that was even against Chandler... I think really stylistically and most enter- if you want entertainment value, Gaethje versus Chandler was the fight to make by a country mile. So evenly matched. I think it's incredible. I don't think Michael Chandler beats Justin Gaethje. But I think uh, Charles Oliveira, again, I love him in terms of the way he fights, his jiu-jitsu, he's incredible, things like that. I just don't, I can't fathom. I suppose the only way I can fathom this is because Poirier wants the trilogy with McGregor. Because realistically, we know the best fighter in that division is Dustin Poirier. He beats everyone. And that's even if you're going off anyone in the division's last showing. Dustin Poirier is the champ in that division, even if they, though they're going to put the fake belt on Charles and Michael Chandler. So 
it, it, it's tough. I mean, if they want to walk around and call themselves champions, fair play to them. I don't think it was... Uh, th- this isn't the fight that determines who's the best fighter in the division by a country mile. But I'm, I, so, I, I like, like the fight. I like the fight, by the way. I do like the fight. It should come be... So, 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 look, Dustin is gunning for the red panty night with Connor, right? So they they were already taken out, right? And there is the, as they said, they were never going to give... There would be fucking outrage if Connor got uh, uh, the trilogy fight with the belt in it, and, and he doesn't I think deserve you can that. Make more of a case than him of Connor Poirier having that than Michael Chandler. And then look, Justin Gaethje will come to in a minute, but he's a bit of an odd man out in this division at the moment as well. The same as Tony Ferguson. Tony is is fighting my man Benil Derayush. Um, Rafael DeSantos doesn't have an opponent, but it's looking like he might fight Islam Makachev in the summer. Um, what, what else were you supposed to do here? Dan Hooker is in quarantine with his family now. He's out of quarantine, sorry. You know, they needed, they knew full well that Habib was going to say no, so the belt came up for grabs, and Charles Oliveira is definitely deserving of it. And Michael Chandler is a former promotional champion from elsewhere, and he's got name value. He's got name value as well. And none of them have been beat by Habib, and that's what makes it, uh, I think, the best value for money uh, in the division. Do you think Michael Chandler's got more name value than Justin Gaethje? Um... uh, At this moment in time, no. But Justin Gaethje... But Justin Gaethje is rumoured is rumored to be maybe fighting a certain Mr. Nathan Diaz. That's what, they, that's what they've offered, potentially looking off now. By the way, that's not coming from MMA Junkie. That is coming from multiple other sites that you can read about that, yeah? yeah. Just before Sam is, who's your source? <laughs> um, so, you know, for me, I, I think it's, it, it, it was the right fight to make. Uh, for the title, I, I like. Um, I don't know. I like fighting, tuning in. I think it's going to be unreal. But I just, I struggle to watch the winner of that walk around call himself the champion. But, but who am I? don't give a fuck what I think. Do you know what I mean? So I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm having a little bit of a hard time with it. But I think I need to leave Michael Chandler alone a little bit. Yeah, like you did before, and then he came up trumps against Dan Hooker. So anyway, um, in in other news, and in, in my favourite segment, it's let's see what Triller's doing this week. And uh, so, in Triller news, Frank Mir was due to fight Mister Antonio Tarver in a fight that I didn't want to see because I was worried what would happen to Frank in a boxing fight. By the way, he's now facing. Steve Cunningham. Now, Steve Cunningham, if nobody knows who that is, he once fought Tyson Fury in New York in, in Tyson Fury's essentially coming out party um, in, in Madison Square Garden. And he dropped, famously dropped Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, six foot seven, um, nearly you know, 250 pounds or so. He's now going to fight Frank Mir, who we've talked about before, has no stand up, is awful at head movement. Steve Cunningham is going to box his fucking head off, and it's going to be awful to watch. Thanks, Miller. 
thanks for basically destroying one of my heroes when I was first watching this um, and sending him into retirement. I Peace. Uh, do you know what, though? It's going to be amazing when Cunningham probably knocks him out and then they go, and anyway, here's Justin Bieber. And then it's like a music <laughs> show as well, isn't it? I'm just like, what? Yeah. I, I honestly, uh, my head's gone with all this Triller Boxing Club stuff. I just, <laughs> I don't get what's going on. I don't think I'm ever going to understand it. And the annoying, the mad thing is, this is probably going to be like the highest pay-per-view buy rate of the year as well, isn't it? I'm just, my and just, just, just on that that same card, we've obviously the main event is um, Ben Askren versus um, Jake Paul, Sammy's favorite fighter. Um, but this Friday at six pm is the first press conference with Ben Askren and Jake Paul. I don't know if it's going to be a Zoom thing again. I hope it isn't because the last time it was fucking awful watching Mike and Roy Jones go back and forth on a Zoom call. Um, So who knows what's going to happen. It's going to be very interesting. So tune in on that. Uh, and that is we're, we're not that's the end of Triller segment by the way I was going to say we're not giving tr- Triller views don't 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 tune in on that no I actually think we we have we've got probably more people listening to this than Triller does uh, for any of the build up to their fights I, I, I would be confident enough to say that we're, we're, we're like Triller bring it on yeah we're, we're like a Sky Sports build up they're like a DAZN build up you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I'm going for. Good production values. Oh. Yeah, good production value. Um, and then, look, I, I will get on to the last bit um, because fucking Sammy's beside himself and he needs to fucking get it out. But in another um, high-profile, well, it is somewhat of a high-profile if you're, if you're you know, a bit of a hardcore, but Gordon Ryan has signed for 1FC um, with a view to moving into MMA for the, the, the promotion. He is going to do a couple of BJJ matchups. Gordon Ryan, if you don't know, for the past three years at least, has been the best BJJ grappler in uh, the no-gi territory. He is you're 27 years old, an American. He's a light heavyweight. He's a very big boy. I think he does sometimes sample on some delectable American supplements to get so pumped up. <laughs> but and in 1FC... Fucking fair game, by the way. So he'll probably be champion there. Yeah. Um. So good move. It's about time. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see him because look, a lot of grapplers make the transition, um, and some don't. But I don't know what his stand up looks like. I don't know anything about it. But I know that he is one mean fucker on on the floor, and he's got amazing uh, heel hooks and leg hooks as well. So we'll wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um. It's interesting that he went to one FC, to be honest with you, yeah, given his history of um, like racist and xenophobic remarks. But that, I mean, it, 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 it's going to be that, that's going to be a laugh, I suppose, in the build up to them fights. But um, he's got a lot of fans in Asia, by the way, a lot of fans, as he said, as he said in his Instagram. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. yeah I don't know, but honestly, it's going to be um, that. That'll be amazing to see if he what what he actually looks like, especially with that some stand up training. If he get any gets anyone to the ground. Then it should be interesting. Similar to Dylan Dennis, actually. Very, 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 very. Um, and then finally, Mr. Paddy the Baddy. Is he UFC bound? That was a lovely, lovely win and a lovely little celebration towards the end. Um, is it time he's finally going to 
get out of Cage Warriors and join the FC. I hope it is because I think he's awesome. Yeah, he is, and he's you know he's the two weight UFC world champion in the making. So I think um, like honestly, the guy just look at him. He's money. If you're Dana White, honestly, if you look at him, the way he is on the night, the way he fights, his entrances, Paddy the Baddy is money. I'm like honestly, he's he, he, they can they can make an absolute mint off him. Also, normalize him calling Dana White, Mick Maynard, and Sean Shelby lad, and also um, he's his little John Ed dance at the end after the knockout. This. Little thing or whatever, if you can't, uh, you won't be able to see me. But look at that. That is going to be me at every festival all summer. It was the best thing <laughs> I've ever seen. <clears throat> Everything he needed to do, especially now he's over his fitness issues as well, supposedly. You know, he had a bad hand and things like that. The sky's the limit for Paddy the Buddy, honestly. And he's only young, man's like 25. Honestly, get him in the UFC and watch him fly. Honestly, get him on the big stage. Now, now for a little bit of an impartial opinion. <laughs> um, this is a complete polar opposite to Sammy. And again, for all our listeners in Liverpool, this is not me going into one of your favourite sons at all. However, Paddy the Baddy in Cage Warriors has had a couple of decision wins that he didn't deserve. Didn't deserve. Julian Arosa being one of them. Um... And, you know, look, he's value for money. I love his entrances, et cetera. Um, and he, he basically, the, 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 the celebration at the end, et cetera, call me, is brilliant. I genuinely hope he does get on to it. And I would love, absolutely love, this is my ideal, right? The world goes back to normal. Darren Hill beats uh, Marvin Vittori. Um, gets his shot against Eddie. We do it at Anfield, and Paddy Pimble gets to fight at Anfield as well. Come on, yeah, it's made. Yeah, that's, it's made. That's, that's matchmaking. And then you give him a name, and you and you give him a name that you know maybe a faded one of the old guards. You know what I mean? How about Paddy the Baddy, Jose Aldo back at featherweight or something like that at Anfield on the undercard. What a fight! Yes. What a yeah. fight! What a fight! So what a fight. I, I've got more time in the world. Eyes on that space. Although we saw Mason Jones coming to the UFC and lose his first fight, and he was like the guy. Um, he was the champion. Um, but yeah. uh, Paddy the Vaddy, honestly, he, he's. I'm so buzzing he's back. Um. So look, in the next few weeks, this is actually going to be a bit of a surprise to Sammy as well because I haven't actually shared this with him. But in the next few weeks. Ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages who listen to this, um, we are about to launch a YouTube channel where we will be doing our recording on video as well as the medium of podcasts as well. Um, so I am really looking forward to that. The production value on this is a way to, it's a way to go Joe Rogan-esque, yeah? So look forward to it in the coming weeks, uh, probably be after Easter, actually. Um, I don't know why I went sort of downtone there. Yeah, no, after I, 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 yeah. Listen, listen, we're gonna be fucking loving it. Right? <laughs> so there you go. It's been it's been amazing as always. Um, but if I could just if I could just share something with you, just a final sort of moment of pause, just to get you know, this is often what I think, but Heath. Kevin Holland is clearly a bitch. <laughs> we we watched him 
fucking get normalised. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is that's all. Hashtag normalised. Thank you very much, Sammy. I really appreciate it as always. Nice one. Uh, Dave Portnoy, send us location. Yes, Barstool Sports, right? You better be fucking listening to this, right? Because you still haven't come back to me on my multiple tweets that I've sent you and Instagram posts, yeah? Make it fucking happen. Barstool Sports should be sponsoring this thing. We should be part of the... (laughs) We should be part of the Barstool family. This podcast needs it and you need us. Yeah, I agree. Peace. Peace. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next week. Enjoy the fights.